it's going to be a study. Did you hear that? Got it. <clears throat> uh, it. We're not. I mean, this show's casual. You know, it's not going to be like a big thing. <laughs> we'll just kind of start it whenever it feels like the best place to start. You know. So, uh, what is it? Zoom. Zoom asked me what were my what were my pronouns. Oh yeah. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So that's why it says uh, Christus Rex out there. Because <laughs> that was your pronoun? Yeah. That's tight. I like that. Yeah, uh, Christ is king, right? Yeah. So this is the rifle that was left uh, in the house that I bought. Oh, wow. Is Does it have a date on it? Uh, it says Connecticut Valley Arms Incorporated. Black powder only, forty-five caliber. <laughs> Spain, Kentucky. That's what it says. There's a Spain in Kentucky. Yeah, I guess so. Spain, Kentucky. Oh, that's amazing. And then on this side, I don't think it says anything. I think I, I try to look it up, but this this is uh, it shoots balls, you know, like old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah, it's a black powder rifle. And it has the, um, what is this? Has the thing where you you, you, know, you cram the the powder in, you know? Yeah, for sure. Somebody uh, said that there might still be a live round in there, or not a live round, but a round. So, Wouldn't it just roll out? No, not if it's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, have you ever had that problem? A bullet getting stuck in a gun? No. Um, I, I well, yeah, yeah, it happens. I I had a bullet stuck in a handgun for a long time. I had to. I should have just looked up how to get it out, but I was stubborn and just tried to figure it out. Oh geez. And what's so, the other one? Just like a pellet that's a, gun? That's a Red Rider, Red Rider BB gun. Okay. Yeah, I use it to teach my girls how to shoot a gun. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, let them sh- tar- have a little practice targeting and everything. So, you know, I wouldn't let him shoot a real gun because they're small. And the small children, yeah, sure. And females. Yeah. I get it. I mean, you know, in today's world, girls might need to shoot a gun. So, remember when uh, I think it was Joe Biden was telling all the women to just shoot shotguns? And then, like, there's, a comp- <laughs> and then there's a compilation of these women shooting shotguns. No. And they're getting their- <laughs> yeah, they're getting blown back and their shoulders being. Uh, dislocated because it's a shotgun. I mean, jeez, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild. That's so funny. They watch too many movies where like a like a ninety five pound waif is like beating up maybe seals, you know, in an <laughs> elevator, you know, like yeah, oh, Scarlett Johansson is out there, <laughs> yeah, beating up five hundred guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Hulk is having having trouble with a couple dudes. I mean, it's, it's- yeah, it's so funny. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, we should just start the show. You know, I think this is entertaining conversation. So, yeah, I'd uh, say the show I'll, I'll already pro- started. I'll probably include this banter. You know, why not? Yeah, that's good. Uh, so welcome to the Sam Bolton show. Thanks for tuning in. We have uh, my friend Raphael here. Uh, you want me to keep it anonymous or I don't know. No, Raphael is fine. No, yeah. That's my name. Awesome. Yeah. Raphael's a very old friend. Known him since, was it ninth grade? Yep. Yeah. No. So that, yes. Ninth grade. Yeah. So that's 1999. 
uh, 22 years, 23 years coming up. That's a long time. Yeah. We've been pretty good friends off and on good friends, better friends, you know, it's up and down. That's how friendships go, but we've been friends throughout of different yeah. varying degrees. And now we're Catholic brothers. That's true. Yeah. We're both Catholic. Who would have thought that? What the heck? That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's the most important thing about me. I think um, is my Christianity. There really isn't any other thing that I'd rather associate myself with. I mean, I, there are many things. Um, what's that saying? Um, master of none, mm-hmm. uh, Jack of all trades, master of none or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I have a lot of talents, but nothing is worth identifying other than being my pursuit in saintlyhood and, and, and Christhood, you know? Amen to that, brother. Yeah, I know. I, when I'm having a tough time, and I should do this when I'm not having a tough time as well, but I just remind myself it's all about Jesus. It's all about sainthood. I'm always. Hey, is there a, still a stigma on vaping? Uh, like, n- are you not for me? <laughs> I don't have any stigmas toward it. No. Uh, you feel free to vape. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. No, yeah, I vape. I vape a lot. Yeah. Uh, I vape all the time. I'm constantly vaping. Nicotine. <clears throat> Nicotine. Yeah. yeah. But I've also I've also <laughs> uh started smoking a pipe. Okay. A nice little briarwood pipe. I mean, you're Catholic now, so <laughs> it's kind of like uh, hand and you, foot. You have to. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> I uh, I did a pipe, I did the pipe thing for a while. Uh, <clears throat> before I was Catholic. I was trying to be one of those like, you know, I don't know what do you call them. Um edge when well, not edgy like hipster academic christians you know yeah I'm trying to be like that and uh it's a lot of, it's too much work for me it is a lot of work and it is a skill i i've noticed that it is a skill and but like like guitar playing it can be one of those skills that are are hard taught or hard learned and mm-hmm. and then it becomes something of of a relaxation habit um i don't sm- i think i smoke a pipe at most once or twice a month um, because it is a lot of prep work and I just don't have that much time. And I live in Florida. So it's like, I don't want to smoke outside when it's a hundred degrees and humid outside. Yeah. I'd rather just stay inside in the AC and vape. Absolutely, um, bro. But like now, now Florida weather is, is pretty much prime and you just sit outside uh, in the sun. It's like 55, 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. And it's just you're watching nature and just relaxing there, smoking a pipe. Dude. It takes like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. That's another thing. It's not something that I can just. It's like uh, when I used to smoke cigarettes, it'd be you know five ten minutes. Yeah, it kind of forces face. you to slow down and relax. Whoa, <clears throat> everything all right? Yeah, what happened? Oh, I thought you had. I thought something was happening on your end. Um, yeah, it just forces you to slow down and relax. You know that's kind of the nice thing about it uh so yeah bro but don't sell yourself short i mean yes the most important thing about you is that you're a christian but you're also a man of many talents you've got you've lived quite the interesting life i'd say uh you're a kung fu master uh metal guitarist security guard (laughs) so those things almost are none all... of that. Almost none of that is true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, I've heard you shred. You're an amazing guitar player. I mean, at least you used to be. I don't know. Maybe you've fallen off, but 
yeah the uh the metal guitar days are over mm-hmm. um the kung fu master i'm i am a practitioner i've been practicing for over a decade and let me ask uh, you this does someone call you sifu <laughs> isn't that a term I do, I do have a student and it's uh s-i-f-u uh how do you say it sifu well there you go someone calls you sifu i mean that's to someone in the world you are the kung, you are kung fu master <laughs> yeah uh i was i was training with him last week actually today last week today mm-hmm. and um He's this giant six foot three black dude buff as a as a brick mm. house. And and, um, and and it's it's quite interesting. The knowing that you can take someone like that down there, there is there, it, with that with that um, knowledge, I guess. Knowing that you can obliterate this dude. I mean, I, I don't I, it's uh, it sounds so egotistical, but it's true. Like I can I can beat him up. Uh, yeah. efficiently quickly and without much hassle and and having that in your hands is um is a force that uh it, it humbles one because mm-hmm. you don't it's like carrying a gun like you don't you don't show that off you don't you don't pull it out just because it's it's something that you keep within and you don't you don't let anybody know i mean open carry would be pretty cool but but even still you you leave it holstered you don't it's it's a power that you don't want to boom baby show it to everybody right right yeah that's that's interesting yeah i do not possess that combat skill i've never um never been in a fight except for once in sixth grade uh this kid named ben called me gay rather he implied (laughs) i was gay and (laughs) he caught my hands you gotta throw it down you're a huge dude i mean (laughs) the the camera doesn't show but you're you are also like over six foot tall you're you're well above six foot tall and and you are a big guy i wouldn't want to mess with you i'm six seven and i weigh about oh I, I weigh about 300 pounds so yeah i'm a big hey, dude does a can does my uh does my mustache show in the camera <laughs> yeah <laughs> it definitely does um it looks good yeah i like it so uh, uh one of our mutual friends um do you remember darren yeah, Darren Wright. Darren, I'm sorry, yeah, Darren Wright. Last, Darren. that's not his last name. <laughs> Something else. No. no go ahead. <laughs> so he's doing a YouTube thing, and um, and it's like a multimedia TikTok thing, and all of this. And um, I'm one of a characters. I'm one of I'm one of a character in his like world of of insanity, and my character wears a mustache. And uh, so, okay, this today. Uh, well, this weekend that passed, we were supposed to do a shoot. And so I had a full beard, nice, thick, huge. And um, my character has a mustache. So I, I put the mustache on and it got delayed. And then today it got delayed again. So we're shooting for, for Sunday. Wow. And um, then I'll take off the mustache. I do like the mustache, but I, it has to be like I'm in the mood for a mustache, you know, yeah. just walking around um, at work when I'm in my uniform, uh, my security garb. I do get a lot of looks. <laughs> I had this guy. <laughs> Why it fits? It does fit, but I think, you know, the mustache is one of those classic um, things that a man wears that that kind of went away. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the hat, like a nice, nice felt hat. Chapeau. Uh, chapeau in French. I like um, that word. <laughs> it is a good word. <laughs> and uh, 
so it, it's unusual. And when you do see somebody, there is now there's definitely a stigma with mustaches. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it says uh, not all pedophiles. Not every man who wears a mustache is a pedophile, but every you know, pedophile has a mustache. The mustache stigma <laughs> that that has been uh, invented and perpetuated by the feminist agenda. You know, they're just <laughs> it's just another plank in their agenda to try to emasculate men. Is that all hardwood in the back there? Yeah, it's all tongue and groove pine. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a nice little setup you got. Dude, this room is legit. I got a, it's a pretty large room actually. And it's got tile floors and I got my power rack in here. So if I ever start weightlifting, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I was weightlifting. And then when I adopted my girls, I just lost all will to uh, weightlift. <laughs> <laughs> I, they sucked all my energy out of me. They're like vampires. So <clears throat> anyway, I still have it here though. So I, when I get back into it, I can do my, anyway, you know, I have that. You know, what's have, crazy. Yo. Um, so I'll, I'll keep where I work anonymous. That's for sure. Cause mm-hmm. I'll say that they are a huge global uh, government or not government uh, mm-hmm. company. Kind of. And they, and they own a lot. They, they kind of, yeah. And they own, they own pretty much everything you see on TV. So I work for them. Let's just say and they have their own city state in a specific U S state that shall not be named Florida. And, um, <laughs> and so they were mandating the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I think I was telling you this earlier, they were mandating the vaccine. I refused up and down and um, I actually caught the China flu. And oh, um, I caught the China flu on the week that I was supposed to be terminated for not having the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, um, every week so far since, since uh, well, in the past three weeks, I'll say, someone has had a stroke, an, uh, a coworker has had a stroke at work. What? Yeah. Are you talking about what? <laughs> at, at least one a week so far. Are they on the in the same department as you, or is it just company wide? Um, yes, one is in my department. Two are in other departments that they kind of keep things hush hush. But as security, you hear tone outs of of um, of ambulances or or uh, yeah, ambulance services, and they tone out why they come to wherever it is that I am. And and so you hear it. You hear. Um, ambulance such and such is on its way to such and such because of stroke related or possible stroke. Mm. And you hear that on the radio and I, and I've had one of, one of my compatriots, he's about 25 years old and he's, he's hospitalized. He's, he's had a stroke. Wow. The 25 year old white male. Wow. In the hospital. And I don't know if he, cause he was one of the ones that was refusing to get it, but see, the thing is that when you're so afraid of losing the material, then that's when Satan really decides, hey, I'm going to work my way into this guy. And I'm going to I'm going to force the the fear of of not having money, of not having um, property, of not having uh, family, you know, mm-hmm. and then you'll do crazy things. And, and I think maybe or maybe not that I don't know that he got it, but I can know that he had a stroke. Wow. And he's 20 he's in he's in his early 20s mid 20s at most that's that is sad that's horrible 
Hey, I you wanted know, to do a shout out to uh, this Portuguese mineral water. Portuguese water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have Portuguese water, bro? Direct from Oporto. Isn't yeah. that? Um, it's direct from Maura. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maura. Um, because I am Portuguese. That's another thing that I am. Which yeah. is another reason. So you, I remember when you turned Christian. And um, I was you, still not a Christian at all. I was still running around. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I and I remember we were in your van, and I looked at you, and I said, how can you be a Christian? You're so intelligent. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's questionable, but okay. <laughs> and, and so I remember that. And so anyway, so my, my heritage most of my DNA comes from the Iberian Peninsula. Um, my mother's full-blooded Portuguese, and my dad is from Honduras, and he's very white. So I'm assuming a yes. lot of his blood comes from Spain. And so that's another reason why I chose Catholicism, because your ancestors, the, crusade, the Crusaders, defeated at the time. At the time, I remember thinking this was. I think Trump was still president. Maybe it was the end of Obama, mm-hmm. and where were we having all those uh, all those Muslim attacks? Mm-hmm. I remember in England, some dude was running around stabbing people, and this Englishman went into a museum, took a a, a, a Norwal husk, and <laughs> stabbed him. I remember that. I've I've forgotten about that, bro. That's insane. So wait, you're saying that the Norwal? Uh, tusk attack no it was a it was a, it was like an english soccer hooligan or something wasn't it no it was a it, who who defended against the um right the islam yeah i call yeah. them muhammads they're all muhammads to me Mah- muhammadans <laughs> yeah. i think that's an, an archaic term for muslims in europe muhammadans or saracens is another one which i think is a cool word uh, I think it actually means like son of Sarah or something like that. Anyway. Uh, wow. Yeah. So you're saying that the nar- the guy who's defending with the narwhal tusk was one of your main inspirations for converting to Catholicism. No. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just that it was just in that time where, where there were so much um, Islamic uh, jihadist bombings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um and I was like, well, let me look a little bit into my into my history. And, and I saw that the Portuguese uh, defended against the Moors. Uh, the Spaniards yeah. defended against the Moors mm-hmm. uh, fighting for the church. And and I thought that was maybe romanticized, um, albeit. But still, it was it was something that was in that is in my blood somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, you know, few, maybe six, seven hundred years ago, thousand years ago, close to. And, yeah. and so I was like, yeah, I mean, that's, and then the, the idea of returning to tradition, returning to tradition. And it's like, well, what, what, why is that popping up in my head? And so I started, I started getting sober and um, the, the more I sought God, the more that the Catholic church was, was becoming a, a thing in my mind. And then there was Stefan Molyneux, an atheist, devout, <laughs> a devout atheist. And yeah. he kept, he kept um, crediting Catholicism and Christianity, but Catholicism as the 
the constructors of Western civilization. I mean, it absolutely is. <clears throat> yeah, that yeah. it's on. It's on, and and it might be the only civilization. I mean, if you look at Asia; they have some cool stuff. I mean, but do I want to live there? No. Uh, well, you look at you look at Africa. I mean. <clears throat> The only cool stuff that has ever been in Africa, as far as I understand it, are what the British have done over there. Well, there's the uh, there's Egypt. That's technically in Africa. There's yeah. also the there's. A, I don't want to live there. <laughs> right. But it's, I hear it's cool. I haven't been. There's the uh, there's a ruin actually in Africa. I think it's on the western side. That is like a an ancient city of concentric circles. And. uh some people think it's actually the lost city of Atlantis because it it coincides with uh, Plato's description of the city. Oh, so there's that. But North Africa was, you know, a part of the Roman Empire, right? And the early church was yeah. heavily like Augustine. Saint Augustine is from Africa, North Africa. So there's definitely been some cool stuff out of Africa. There's some neat ruins. Anyway, but I understand what you're saying. Western civilization is very appealing, especially when you're living in Western civilization and it's, you know, crumbling all around you. Nihilism is rampaging. You know, you need something to see, sink your teeth into so you don't feel like you're in a, an abyss void. Yeah, Western I was definitely feeling that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I totally get what you're saying, but I've actually been to that area of Europe where uh you know the the crusaders the uh saint james I believe, he was another saint james not a Christ's brother saint james the moor slayer is his name actually <laughs> yeah and they, they have uh <clears throat> statues of him in the churches uh standing on the head of muslims moors in the in the churches there so they they're big fans of that guy over there <laughs> yeah uh, and I've been close to Portugal as well. I didn't actually cross the border into Portugal. I kind of wish I had. There was a, an extended part of the hike where you could go to the coast, and it was happened to be a part of Portugal. But yeah, it's beautiful. I remember when that Stefan Molyneux video came out about the Crusades and how he, you know, he has that very dramatic, like thespian way of putting things. And he was talking about how it basically took the Spanish people eight hundred years to fully extricate themselves from Moorish rule. Right. Yeah. And how how long of a struggle that was. I mean, that was very inspiring. I, I remember that came, when that came out. And then his conversations with uh, Doctor Duke Pesta. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like he he spoke about um, just as it was just amazing. So all of that started compounding, compounding, and so that's where I went. I went to Catholicism. Um, I am a very undisciplined person, and I thought that. Uh, the what i understood of catholicism as one of the most strictest of of the uh there's a comedian uh, i forget who he was he's like um the motto of the catholic is pretty much if it feels good stop <laughs> that's pretty i mean i don't i don't think that's fair i mean it's it's funny but i don't, i mean we have booze i mean i don't drink you don't drink but you can drink uh, that's allowed that's as an example, I think there are stricter forms of Christianity, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't think so. Okay. There's, there's heretical forms of Christianity that, that, that go against Christ teaching it. Well, they, they twist Christ teachings and, and 
just to be strict, I think. And, and, oh, yeah. you know, but I think, I think when it comes down to, to what's logical and what's in the book, um, I think Catholicism really, especially the TLM, the traditional Latin, uh, mass and, and it, and that way of practicing Catholicism, I think there's no, there's no stricter and, and, and wiser way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, totally agree with you. You know, I became Catholic for the, I mean, if I were ever to stop because, uh, being a Catholic, I would just, it would be leaving Christianity. There's no other option for me. You know, when I got to that point where it was like, well, I, I have to either convert to Catholicism or stop being a Christian, you know, I had to make that choice. And so I chose Catholicism. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it was not an easy road for me, but I had to find something that could be logically consistent because <laughs> I, you know, I couldn't live my life with a, a belief system that was illogical. And I found the American evangelical Protestant sects that are out there to be very illogical, you know, things are just to, weird. Yeah, they're weird. I mean, you could make, if you're not a Catholic, I think Catholicism seems pretty weird too, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, even st- parts of it seem pretty weird to me now, even still, you know, I'm, I'm fairly new, like five years in, but I mean, we had the incorruptible saints, you know, they had these bodies that are supposedly not decomposing at a normal rate and miraculously and you go see them and it's, I mean, they have ones that are centuries old. They have uh, like um, Eucharistic miracles where the bread and the wine are allegedly turn into actual flesh and blood. You yeah. Know, and they I believe do, like, that DNA testing on it. You know, yeah, I think the church has investigated some of them and confirmed it. I mean, I know that sounds like, oh, well, the church investigated itself and found it was telling the truth. But I mean, <laughs> but at the same time, at that same time, it's like only seven, like only 30 percent of Catholics believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a huge problem. That's just modernism and Americanism. <laughs> but uh, my point, my point is that to uh, a lot of people, Catholicism could be pretty weird as well. Yeah. <laughs> the the whole Mary, like especially to Americans, I and mean, all the Marian apparitions, and I mean, it's, well, my it, wife, my wife definitely thinks it's it's super strange. Yeah. She walked in with me, and and you know, she's like, "Why are those women wearing those things on their heads?" The mantillas, like, what a, a veil. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so like, and well, I mean, you've never seen a veil before. Come on, and she's from Colombia. And so I was thinking, you know, okay, well, Colombia, I mean, Columbus, right? Columbus was a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so, but I guess it's all Novus Ordo over there. It's, it's all just Those modernism, like modernist that, yeah. Catholicism over there. Yeah. 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 That's where we're at now for sure. But, it, you know, it's just another age of the church. We have our own struggles and, you know, we'll survive. We'll get through it. It's like uh, Dr. Peter Kreft said, uh, the church is like an iron ball in the pit of the world's stomach. It can never be digested. It will always be there. You know, Whoa. that's kind of how I think of it. So hey, do you have yeah. any commercials in your commercials? <laughs> in my show? No, yeah. I don't do. I mean, why? You need me to pitch something? What do you got? You want to plug um, anything? I would plug in uh, Dissident Soap uh, soaps. They're pretty good. It's good Dissident soap company. Soaps. Yeah. Okay. Good soap company. Just throwing it out there. It's All not right. mine. I'm not sponsored. Am I going to get a Venmo payment or something for mentioning <laughs> this? I mean, <laughs> Dissident Soaps. Not what is it? 
dot com. Okay, dot com. And uh, is it what's their deal? Good soaps, uh, good good ingredients, and and they spend their money on Christians. Ah, so they, they buy from Christians, Christian Americans. They buy from Christians the plastics, the uh, the tapes, the the stickers, the the logoing, then the ingredients. It's all, it's all they they source from the and farms like the ingredients from the farms. It's all Christian farms. It's all they they, and that's another thing that's cool is this is this parallel economy that's going on right now. And and you got you got your modernism, you got your global homos, you got your all of that going on, and then and then this unapologetically white Christian man decides to do a a free speech platform called Gab. Was that Andrew Torba? Yeah, Andrew Torba. Uh huh. And and uh, recently over the weekend, thousands of of. There's a huge purge. I think the biggest purge in Twitter history so far. This weekend. That's right. Oh, and wow. so, um, because because you know that um, what's his name, Jack Dorsey. I, I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah. He stepped down, and and so the the censorship is going up. Oh yeah, I did see something about that. I'm still on there though. At real Sam Bolton, give me a follow. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be on there, but definitely check me out. I'll be tweeting all kinds of stuff. I, my account tweets. is still up, but I am. I'm absent. I'm yeah, I'm gone. I deleted my my Facebook, too. It's it's gone. I could definitely understand doing that. But my thinking is, you know, you want to be where the people are. If you if you have a message that you want to get out there, you know. You got to be where the people are, especially the people who disagree with you. So I get why you want to create parallel systems to avoid censorship, you know, but uh, at the same time, they I, I feel like they become echo chambers a lot of the time. You get a lot of people who have kind of the same viewpoint in one place, and that can be good for some things, but it's hard to have a challenging dialogue with people in an environment like that, you know? Well, I disagree. All right. That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So that was a great show. We'll talk to you. No. <laughs> I think um, the, I think on Gab for the most part, yeah, everybody's there because they can say whatever they want to say. And um, so long it's, as it's not um, a violation of the first amendment, they can say whatever they want. They can't call, they can't call uh, for action uh, cause of, of violence. They can't do that. Um, pornography is banned. And um and of course, there's no child child trafficking on Gab, where you can find that on on Facebook. You can find yeah. that on Twitter. You can find pornography at infinitum on Twitter. I mean, it's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but but then you have, but then you have you have the trolls, and then you have, and then you have the the full fledged Christian minded person that's all there. Then you have politicians are getting into in on it too. Um, you have, you have the Jew haters, you have the neo-Nazis, uh, they're there. I mean, you can't really I mean, say that you can't really talk about Gab without bringing them up because they're there. And the, and I think it's a good idea that they're there because you see them, they're exposed. You can see that. Okay. Well, I don't, I'm not a neo-Nazi. I think fascism and I think any form of government that isn't the Lord's government is a violation of, of, of all human ethics of nature. Yeah. And so, and so like, but then you have moderate, 
rightists and um but it, it is a little echo chambery at, at the moment but i mean look at look at everyone they have nowhere else to go look at the people that is being expunged from everywhere else and 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 they're being expurgated and so where else are they going to go they're going to go to the alien place that they can speak freely and and but in in that mass of people um i mean yeah there are a lot of people i would never associate with there are a lot of non-christians that i would i would not associate with so i mean there aren't very many leftists uh, those i would call the trolls that are on there mm-hmm. um probably feds are on there most likely they're everywhere um, yeah and so i mean you still got to be careful with what you, i mean responsible i would say you still have to be responsible with what you say I, I say some pretty edgy stuff on there but um it's nothing that i wouldn't say in front of another human being mm-hmm. uh that's yeah. for sure well, that takes kind of the fun out of the internet. It's fun getting like an anonymous sock account and just like blasting people with things you would never say in public, you know, things saying things that would get you punched in the face. Uh, I've been doing that since middle school online. It's good fun, man. <laughs> you just kind of mess with people in chat rooms and say ridiculous stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm joking, but it's it actually is part, yeah. part of the yeah. fun of being online. But it is absolutely. I mean, I remember I remember the good old days uh, back in the the earlier 2000s. Um, uh, video game trash talk. I mean, it was just glorious. It, oh, you yeah. said whatever you wanted to say, and it was just, it was amazing. I remember uh, getting like going over to my buddy's house and getting on AOL Instant Messenger, and you <laughs> could just like find random people and just like lie to them, just make stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I remember when we started doing that, it was, I thought it was the funniest thing in the world, you know, just to come up with ridiculous, <laughs> you know, trolley it, stuff. It, it's, it's super cool for the imagination too. Like, I remember doing that too. It, it really, if you have an imagination and you want to exercise it, because that's another skill uh, and you want to exercise it like that would, that's a great, you know, anonymity is, is super important. And I don't, I don't throw my name out there very often um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm, a, I'm very aware of, of the feds. Not that I have anything, you know, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. It really doesn't matter. You, well, you just don't want to piss them off. Cause I mean, we're not a nation of laws anymore and the fourth amendment is basically ignored by everybody. So you just don't want to piss off the wrong person. That's really what it boils down to. Cause if you do and they want to nail you, they can, it's not that hard. You know, so yeah. I, I, I can't remember who said it, but they say that uh, the laws are written in such a way. There's so many laws on the books now that everybody breaks a federal law every day and it's just not enforced or pursued. But if they ever wanted to, to, shut you up or ruin your life it wouldn't be hard at all they could just right. find something and do it you know look at the look at the day, the j6 uh prisoners yeah. right now i, I mean know. It's, what a travesty it, and uh that that reminds me of um of something stefan Mollen you said he said we got rid of 10 big laws and replaced them with thousands of smaller laws yeah and i think that was a uh sorry go ahead no go ahead uh, I saw another philosophy or another philosopher page post a similar quote, and uh, it was attributed to a, a thinker or a philosopher. I can't remember who, though. Yeah, finish your point. I'm going to try to find it real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, so. So, well, that was my point. I just thought I was just relating with you on that. OK, so if, you, if you want to get off your phone, I think there's G.K. <laughs> Chesterton. That's who it was. I remembered. Gil- Gilbert Keith is what GK stands for. Um, what's his name? Anthony Stein talks about him. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, you like Anthony Stein? I do. His, I've noticed that his videos are hard to pay attention to, and I'm not sure why. Oh, bro. Um, mm-hmm. It's because I don't know why. But uh, like, if the other guy that I don't really like, but I find it easier to pay attention to, um, Marshall something or something Marshall. Yeah. And um, like, I can I'll I can listen to what that guy says, but for some reason, I don't know if it's because of his microphone. Um, or if it's, or if it's because there's, there are no moving pictures and I'm so used to watching videos with moving pictures, even when I'm driving, um, (laughs) (laughs) don't admit to that. I do. I admit to it. I mean, bro, I bet most guys our age and younger, it's like probably 75% of them are doing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, so addicted to our phones now it's, it's just right there and I'm driving and yeah, you're looking kind of in the direction of the windshield. (laughs) It's fine. <laughs> I haven't been in an accident. Actually, I've never been in an accident. Well, uh, that I was behind the wheel. I've been in several. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun for anybody. Let me tell you that. At one time, I rear-ended my math teacher in high school. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I didn't have a smartphone then. That was 2002 or something. She was super nice, though. And there was no damage to her vehicle. The front of my Jeep was smashed. <laughs> And she just kind of looked at it and she saw this idiot kid with this horrible like 1983 Jeep. And she's just like, you just go on about your way, sweetie. And she's, wow. That was it. She, was, she was super nice. Super Done. Nice. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, you're talking about watching uh, videos in your car while you're driving. <laughs> I don't really like watching sports. I think that's kind of boring. People okay. at work. I'm at work. And and they have a they have a TV in the break room and everybody's watching the uh, the sports ball, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I mean, and then then the hypocrisy of it all comes in because I'm watching nonsense on my phone too, yeah. But at least I'm a I, I'm aware of of like the Waukesha uh, terror attack. I'm aware of Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm aware of uh, the J six people. I'm aware of the the riots all over Europe right now. I'm aware of, of the, of the locked of the concentration camps or quarantine in Australia in Australia and New Zealand and Austria. And, and, you know, I'm aware of these things and, 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 you know, I, it, it does pull on my heart, but these people are just so like, uh, anesthetized with, with sports ball and, and, and stupid television shows. And it's kind of like, Oh man, this is so frustrating. And on top of it all, it's such a, especially the NFL, it's so boring. I, I think. It's, and they, and they serve the, uh, the neoliberal globalist agenda. And know? it's all for, it, it's just something to watch between commercials at this point. Yeah. You know, well, it's something to put more commercials into because every break they take is time for a commercial, mm-hmm. you know, Every touchdown, time for a commercial. Every timeout, time for a commercial. It's 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 so annoying, and people just lap it up, man. They just they're there, and that's that's their whole world. Yeah, see, I, yeah, I never, I was never really into sports either. Right? My dad never liked them, so I never got into them. I think that's why my my whole family is very athletic. My mom's family. That's where I get my height from and everything. They're all basketball players and baseball players. But anyway, I I think people, uh, people who watch sports, there's certainly an NPC aspect going on there. People who are anesthetized by entertainment who, you know, they're not paying attention to anything, but I think you'd be surprised at how aware a lot of people are. And they're just trying to drown out the fear and the anxiety of the state of the world. 
I think that there's a lot of that going on. People use uh, sports and television and movies as a narcotic, you know? Uh, ah. I mean, I do it. I've done it many times. And uh, yeah. I'm a very aware person, I think, of you know the state of the world and current events. But it's just things are so blackpilling. Uh, you got to distract yourself sometimes, you know, or all, no, all that the makes time. Sense. You know, but yeah, you, I made a, a bonfire. Oh, me too. <laughs> you too. Yeah, I did. I made a bonfire today. Well, it was like a I was burning off excess brush and stuff. Yeah, I, I burned. I was burning down um, a foundation of of a tool shed today. It was oh, rotting nice. out, and um, and there was excess brush too. Yeah, so that was fun. Yeah, we're. That's so funny that we both made a big fire. That's cool. Yeah, it's right like now the, uh, it's like we're on the same vibe. Yeah, we definitely are. So fire I, I was in the backyard. I'm on. Uh, right now, I'm I'm, I'm renting um, uh, a bedroom in a, an acre and a quarter, and so I decided to make a fire in the backyard. It's nice. It's nice to have land. I I, I want to I want to have something like this. That's cool. Are you still kind of, I mean, don't dox yourself, right? But you're in the Orlando area, right? Out in that same area between Orlando and the coast? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. That's cool. So it's uh, the outskirts of, of this giant city. It's a huge city, man. And and this little small town is like, uh, it just got absorbed by by the gravitational pull of Orlando. Mm-hmm. And you know, so technically on my postage it says this says Orlando, but if you drive in, it has a whole different name. And so it's pretty cool. And and it's nice out here. Um uh diversity is sinking in. And so you get a lot of weirdness out here. You see people riding horses uh on the oh, scenes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And so I mean it uh, it's cool. It, I like it. Um, I remember uh, sucks. I remember going to elementary school in Florida. I grew up down there, uh, as you know, I'm saying for the listeners. Um, <clears throat> I remember going to elementary school there and there were uh, kids getting dropped off by people on horseback because there's so many ranches and things in that area. Whoa. Yeah. With cowboy hats and horse. people don't realize how country a lot of Florida is, you know? Oh, yeah. It, it, it's it's definitely like the parts that aren't. Uh, huge urban areas it's definitely part of the south the southern u.s yeah but it's also unique in a way it's the cracker culture cracker being the term for the the white settlers of florida before disney world basically and uh they were ranchers you know crack the whip on the cows and stuff you know so we in fact in st cloud that every year for the kids they had the cracker frolic (laughs) <laughs> which sounds hilarious it's the cracker frolic a bunch of little white kids frolicking around celebrating the old ways you know yeah that's what we had it was like uh swamp cabbage and rancher stuff and i don't know it was really cool it was fun back before uh diversity suvs were <laughs> what is the diversity SUV? no don't don't tell me it's fine um <laughs> we don't need to, we don't need to explain that let let people just fill it in with their imagination there you, know? you go practice that imagination practice yeah. that skill use your mind's eye or um, just get on uh a, a brave browser or a duck duck go browser and look it up i use both yeah me too yeah I, use I, I don't i don't search with google anymore even though i have to admit the results are often superior than duck duck go i still use duck duck go Google's just so vast, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just so huge. Uh, I think uh, Google has this new Google Fi phone, 
and I I just don't. They're talking about oh, keep your keep your data safe or or keep your privacy secure. And it's like you're the last person I'm going to trust with with my privacy, with the security of my privacy. It's just I think the commercial is just stupid. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hey, bro, let's take five. I got to go pee. I'm going to go make sure my girls are are chilling and not fighting. And uh, I'll be back. <laughs> is that cool with you? That sounds great. All right. Let me stop the recording real quick. All right. We're back. So, Raphael, let's see. Uh, we were talking about what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't remember now. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Next topic. See, when I record, when I'm recording these, it's after a long day of just like dealing with crazy children. And it's at the end of the day. So I'm, I have a very chill, relaxed mind, you know? How how many of these have you done so far? Uh, this is my fourth. Wow. Of this show. Where did, are you? Where are you posting them? Well, uh, right now they're hosted on Spotify and uh, Anchor. And then, okay. which I know is kind of a big corporate podcast. Uh, you know, I never heard of it. Distributor Anchor. Yeah. Well, they they're partnered with Spotify, but okay. I'm, I'm using them right now because it's easy and I don't have a lot of time to like micromanage a website and everything. Yeah. So that's what I'm using. Uh, but yeah, I probably if it you know continues, it gets bigger and goes well. I'll probably set up a backup hoster just in case mm-hmm. things go awry because you know I'll be talking about stuff that i'm sure big corporate overlords don't want people to talk about yeah but yeah that's where it is now and uh, i'm trying to get it on apple podcasts as well but they you know they're they're kind of tricky a little, little bit complicated to get on what's there. going on with them with apple podcasts yeah oh i don't know i, I don't even remember what the obstacle is i just <laughs> i know that there is an obstacle that was a little bit tricky to overcome and i've yet to overcome it but i don't remember what it is specifically i have to look at it and fi- anyway okay so, yeah that's where it is so far <clears throat> i did one with my brother last week and that was fun luke? Uh, yeah luke yeah okay yeah it's it, he's a he's an interesting guy that's for sure we used to get into a lot of fights and butt heads over politics and religion and everything else, but we've come to a place now where we don't agree on everything, but we agree on a lot more than we used to. And um, we can have a conversation without freaking out. So uh, I'm with my brother. He's also my younger brother, um, my only brother. And so like he and I are, are not on talking terms mm. and uh, we got into um Essentially, what I boiled it down to was was a free speech um, debate, and and yeah. it it just it just turned ugly, man. It just turned ugly, and and now he and I aren't aren't really talking anymore, and it sucks because you know I do miss him. I love my brother as a, a as as a character. He he's very funny. He's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and then and then there comes the the do I want even if even if it is blood do i want to align myself with people that refuse or do not share or aren't open minded or are willingly blinded to to the truth do i do i really want those people in my life and uh you know truth be told that's running a lot deeper now even aside from my brother um you know and and i'm 
I'm in I'm in prayer because I, I there might be a decision that I have to make soon. With regard to your brother? With regard to the people that are closest to me right now in my life. Mm. Um, there might be people that I'm going to have to uh, push away, ostracize, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Well, you know, if any relationship becomes toxic, you have to do something. You can't just let it sit. Yeah, you know? there ha- something something must be done. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what the correct path is to take right now. So I'm just I'm in. You know, sometimes prayer feels like like a like a passive do nothing kind of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that when when I do sit back and pray and simply take care of what needs to be taken care of for that day, everything else kind of just falls together. And, and sometimes the, the toxic people just leave on their own. I've yeah. had that happen multiple times. Hmm. And, and so uh, there's this guy, he goes by the name of Sandy beach and he goes, he goes, if I could take that big problem that you have today and just work on it while you go to the movie theater, eat some popcorn, drink a blue slush and, uh, and just relax and take and watch watch the movie, knowing that I'm already working on it. You know, wouldn't wouldn't you want to have that? And, yeah, and that'd be great, right? But then, but then we already do have that. We already Amen. do have that. And, and and God, in His infinite wisdom, works in in ways that irritate me sometimes. And but ultimately, if I just trust in Him. And I do what needs to be taken care of for my day, for these 24 hours. And I just do what I need to do, stay in prayer and stay faithful and trusting. I do find that things just sort themselves out with me not needing to, like right now, I, I my wife is stressing about finding a new place to live. And I get it. We need more space. I can't really be in this room. Um, and, and And so... I take the approach that I just mentioned and she took, she takes the approach that I used to take back in my, in my godlessness days and just force my way through it like a bull right through the wall, just crash on through. This is going to happen because I need it to happen the way I want it to happen. The will to power. Yeah. And so like, and, and you can get a lot of stuff done that way. You can get a lot of stuff done that way. But I noticed that when I do things that way, there's this misery about me that still lingers. There's mm-hmm. this emptiness about me that is still there mm-hmm. um, versus what I've been practicing for the past, well, since 2013, which is to just allow God to do what God is going to do anyway. <laughs> I remember my wife and I, um, uh, we before we moved to where we are now, um, she, she, she was, um, we, we chose a place to live. And she, well, before that, she's like, well, why don't we move? Why don't we move into your mom's house? We can save some money on rent and, um, and you can help her out and all this. I said, no, that's never going to happen. I'm never going to do that. And I forced my way into getting an apartment. The apartment was infested with roaches. Mm. So I had the lease terminated, but the thing is I had nowhere to go where I was staying already rented out my apartment. I had nowhere to go. <laughs> they had, and then that apartment complex had had most of my money, so I couldn't even 
do an emergency uh, down payment. So what happened? I ended up back at my mom's house. So you're saying if you had just trusted God to work it out instead of just making it happen, yeah, then it would have worked out better. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, and it, it always does. It, it always does. And it may not be the outcome I want, actually. Uh, that That's happened, too. It's like, well, I didn't want that to happen. Well, too bad. Because this is what's going to happen, and this is going to build you into a, 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 a more into a stronger into a stronger warrior of my word, you know. And and I've I've noticed that that happens. And you know, oh, there's there's no evidence of God. There's no proof of God. Well, I don't know. That seems pretty, at least in 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 the perspective of how I live today. There is no other way I'd rather live. I've lived right. I've lived the atheistic way. I've lived the agnostic way. And, and, and there is no way I want to live other than following Christ as the example of manliness and, 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 um, and just how to be a part of this planet. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, amen to that. I'm, I'm on the same page with you. I mean, I myself struggle with a lot of uh, anxiety and, and not being in a place where I'm trusting God all the time and it's it's miserable it is it is hell when i'm in that in that place and when i'm able to rest and and trust god to take care of all the moving parts in my life and trust that it's going to work out for the best for his glory ultimately i'm there's so much more peace in my heart you know and i'm a much better father a much better husband so yeah definitely and that's that's a lesson i've been learning the hard way lately so I'm I'm inspired to hear you say that. And um, I, did you mean to mute your mic? I'm sorry. You're muted. Okay. And are. um, but yeah, that you said that you said the magic word, man. You said peace. Mm-hmm. That is that is the ultimate. That is that's all I strive for, which is kind of an oxymoron. But everything spiritual seems to be an oxymoron. Everything yeah. I I I strive for is 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 ultimately just to have peace, just to have peace in, in, in that moment, in the moment of, of right now. Um, I have, I have this, uh, spiritual, uh, mentor and he does this thing. He does, you want to live right there, right between the claps, you know? And, and that's where uh, that's I want, cool. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's where I want to be. You know, I want to be here present now at the moment and, and have, instead of being worried about the past, which, which, you know, for a person like me, that, that exists, a lot of resentment um, exists, um, or at least existed. I, I, I still have some that lingers, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's been vanquished or, or it's worryment about the future. And that, 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 that is most prominent for me today. Mm -hmm. The, the, I've forgiven a lot. Um, there are there are people um, like my father that I'm finding it difficult to fully concede to Christ that it's in His hands, and there's me again trying to try to bully my way through to mm-hmm. to find a solution. But you know, it's already anyway. It's already been taken care of, so I don't even need to worry about it. But but the future thing, the future thing, that's what gets me a lot. That's what gets me a lot. Where am I going to be in my marriage? Am I still going to be married? Um, where am I going to be for work? Why don't I have a house yet? Why, why am I still in debt? You know, all of these things do pile on and they pile and they pile and uh, if I let them and, mm. and for, for, 
and you know it's fleeting peace is fleeting in my experience it's never just constantly there but it is more prevalent it is more prevalent when when that's another skill when you practice i think it's another skill like practice practice what god teaches and peace will come it has to it's almost a law because it's like uh if i put water in the freezer it's going to freeze it's a law it has to happen the coldness will slow down the molecules and the molecules will bind together mm-hmm. and that's you're it. saying it's that certain of a of an equation practice yes. what god teaches i got and you. peace will come yeah yeah that makes sense interesting way of putting it i know i admire that about you you're somebody who's not afraid to enter into that like mentor relationship with different people or i've i've always struggled with doing that i'm not sure why i just have i don't know i think honestly i know what it is i have an issue trusting people yeah i I think uh, the egotistical side of me thinks i'm smarter than they are even though i haven't even gotten to know them (laughs) you know and so i have trouble trusting people and thinking that they know what the hell they're talking about yeah frankly no anyway that's good stuff too that's good stuff because that and it then that uh, ego 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 thrives on fear mm-hmm. because what if they do know that what if they do know more than you what if they are more intelligent than you yeah then and... they were wrong when they told me i was gifted <laughs> in fourth grade that was all in sham <laughs> i mean that's how stupid your ego is you know yeah. the, the ego is a very emotional creature absolutely that is masquerading as a logical creature <laughs> you know absolutely so I've never thought of it as a creature. I thought it at I thought of it as as a demon. I don't know if that's a creature, but the ego as a demon. Yeah, for sure. Do you think you're not being you don't mean that literally? Oh yeah, literally. So you think that the ego is a fallen angel? Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. I don't know about that. That's an interesting idea. <laughs> I'd be willing to hear your take on it. Um, well, it's it's the ego, in my experience, has been what drives me to to selfishness. It drives me to pride. It drives me to lust. Uh, you know, I can I don't know all the seven deadly sins because I'm new to the whole Christian thing. But yeah, I know that that it drives me into a path of darkness. I can't believe they let you in without memorizing all seven <laughs> deadly sins. What I don't of, even know all the. What kind of two bit <laughs> parish did you? I mean, <laughs> come on, bro. You got to get all seven deadly sins. You got to know at least 50 saints, you know, anyway. Oh, geez. I didn't, I, I didn't, I, mean, I don't even know all the 10 commandments. You're always going I mean, on about would... modernism and America. I mean, I'm good. <laughs> it was interesting. My, my, uh, my baptism, because I had the baptism, the confirmation and my first Holy communion, all, all right then and there that the 26th of December, 2020, it was all one day. I never went to any kind of class. Um, I, never, I guess you had a chat with the priest beforehand. He made sure you were on the level theologically. Yeah. 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 He did. He did. Uh, he said, uh, read over the Nicene Creed. If you're good with that, talk to me tomorrow. I said, okay. And by that time, I had been, I didn't know that it was the Nicene Creed, mm. but but I had already been reading it um, oh, wow. I, in church uh, and during um, the Ave Maria. 
And so I didn't know. So I, I read it again. I said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, of course, I'm already reading this. There's a reason why I'm reading this. I, I agree with it. And so he's like, okay, um, here's a date. We're going to do this then. Usually you're supposed to go through some sort of school. I don't know what it's called. And, um, but I, I didn't go through all of that. I went, I, he said, he's the, the one thing he said was a prerequisite was that I attend parish for at least a year. And by that point it was well over a year. Oh, really? He, so he wanted you to go to the parish for a year before you yeah. Could convert. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of strict, stringent. Yeah. And making sure a, you have the staying power. Yeah. And I had already been doing that. Yeah. I've already been attending Holy Mass uh, at that point for like a year and a half at that parish, the parish that you helped me find, actually, you're the one that pointed me to that parish. Hey. <laughs> and it, it, it is in Orlando. There is no other traditional Latin mass. Yeah. Absent. I think there, there are was, only three in Florida. I think I posed the question to my Facebook page, men with chess Facebook page when I had that podcast. And yeah. And there was one guy who followed that page who commented and told me. So, oh, okay. I, well, I that's what his name was, but he probably, I guess he goes there. He probably might go to church with him. Oh, well, yeah. maybe. Uh, so I want to get back to the idea of the ego as a fallen angel. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just a, a theory of mine, but but as far as I understand how demons work mm-hmm. or fallen angels, I mean, that's that's their whole goal is to is to push you away from the sunlight of the spirit, is to push you away, is to guide you away from, to lure you away from, from, from God's law. Mm-hmm. And I, I do not think that the, I don't, I don't think that any of the saints, uh, the 50 that I don't know, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think any of the saints have, I think that's what brought them to saintlyhood is their, their defeat of the ego, mm-hmm. their, their, of the self, the flesh, uh, but we're talking about ego. Yeah. But because, I, I, they're related the, perhaps they are because the, 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 the temptations are absolutely, yeah. and they and all the temptations that the ego wants, it seems that the demons want as well. And so, <laughs> I paused the recording somehow. All right, good. <clears throat> and so, um, and so, I think that these saints defeated the ego, and that that brought them so close to God that they became saints. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think us, I think we, well, I mean, we're called to do that. We're called to be, be a saint. And, and I think the only way to do that is to get rid of that demon, which is the ego. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Earlier this year, I started having panic attacks because of um, things I was dealing with, with my kids and some behaviors we were having just causing me a lot of stress. And I wasn't trusting God and has having a hard time. And, um, I, they were so traumatic in a way. I like, I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack, but it, you feel like you're about to die. You feel like you're that you're a rabbit about to get its neck snapped by a wolf. It's that kind of feeling. Cause it's your fight or flight response triggered. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very intense. Very intense. Have you had one before? Yes, I have. So, I mean, I think a lot of people who haven't had them hear a panic attack and they just kind of roll their eyes like, okay, princess, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, because I kind of had that attitude before I had them. So, 
but uh, anyway, my point being, they were so intense that they were almost like a spiritual experience uh, coming down from them. And I felt like I was almost getting like uh, spiritual insights downloaded as I was coming down from panic attacks. Wow. But I think it was probably just, I mean, it could be perhaps, but maybe just like the higher processes of my brain kind of digesting all the really big feelings I was just having and kind of trying to rationalize them. Maybe that's what I was anyway. Uh, but I kind of started feeling like the ego was a separate entity inside of me during these panic attacks and almost like I was having a conversation and um, I don't know. I think uh, there, there's a, there's a conversation happening inside of us more than we'd like to realize because there's a stigma about hearing voices or something, but we're not, our, our personality is not so monotone, you know, like depending on the situation you're in, depending on your environment, depending on your emotional state, you can be a very different person from how you are in another situation. Right. You know? Absolutely. So I, I started feeling like there was a scared little part of me that I always tried to ignore just to get through life, you know, and it was basically a part of me that I, I started ignoring when I was a kid and um, <clears throat> excuse me. So it got stuck in a childlike state, that part of me. Oh, interesting. And so as I got older and uh, continued ignoring it, what happens when you, if you were to do that to an actual child, if you were just to just ignore its existence and told it, then you told it to shut up every time it tried to say something or express its feelings on something, that child would become a, like a, a, like a barbaric psychopath eventually. It would be rabid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's like kind of what was happening. And it got to a point where, it was saying, listen, you're going to hear me. You're going to hear what I'm scared about. And if you don't listen to me, I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. You know, it was like yeah. that kind of just like fear response. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I had, that was really interesting to realize that I had that kind of conversation going on in, inside of me. Uh, and I think the goal of a lot of like psychology and stuff is to sort of take those parts of you and integrate into a whole again through different treatment methods. So and maybe it doesn't have to be that way, but I think a lot of people are walking around with sort of partitioned parts of themselves that they ignore, that they treat badly. And uh, I definitely had that experience. So in the, in, in these past eight years um, and, and these past eight years really have been like, I know the first five years of your life, they're pretty formative. They, they pretty much build who you are, but, but these past eight years have been, I, I want to say like, you, you've known me back before 2013. You've seen the destructive behavior I've had. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you've seen, um, you've, I, you, you and Steven are, are my longest running friends. Mm -hmm. um, I've known you, the, the both of you, the longest. Steven, longer than you. He went out of his way to sit next to me during lunch. What a nice and, guy. Uh, <laughs> what a nice guy, yeah. He's a cool guy. I like that guy. <laughs> and um, so you guys have seen... But the thing is that you, Sam, you haven't been there 
with me. Jonathan has. He he saw he actually saw the transition. He, yeah, he saw the page turning. Because I got I got married 14 years ago. You know, I I became Christian early, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't there during your you know but, heavy metal heart. Anyway, go ahead. But, but yeah, but my 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 point is that in the last eight years since 2013. I don't feel like the same person I was in my 20s. I was 28 at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm that same person. I feel that I can revert back there. And, and today I had a little taste of that. I, I got a little upset today. Mm. Um, but but for the most part, that that version of Raphael has gone to bed. And and I don't know if he's dead yet. Well, obviously not, but he's not dead. He's not dead yet, but he doesn't show his face very often and a part of what got me there was a lot of introspective work um, a lot of spiritually guided introspective work and and what i'm talking about remains anonymous if you can get it (laughs) and uh and um and it had to deal with with my drinking Mm -hmm. uh, with my drug use and and but it's not the drinking and the drug use it was the selfishness. It was the ego. It was and and and, and the ego selfishness is is one word, pretty much for me. And so I learned what fuels it, and it's fear, it's anger, and um, it's it's self loathing. It's and that that fuels it. That makes it stronger. That makes it want to to continue expanding in my life mm-hmm. and the more i i starve it the more the more light comes in but in what i'm trying to say is the introspective work forced me to write down who i was and it forced me to see it on paper it forced me to see my fears it forced me to see my 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 inability to 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 want to connect with you. And it, and it forced me to, to pull out everything that I was hiding, to pull out everything that I was ignoring Mm -hmm. and to pull out everything that I was afraid of from, from what I learned from zero to 28. And it pulled all of that out. And by doing that, by putting it on paper, by speaking to another person and admitting it in front of God, it is now God's to take care of. So when mm-hmm. you talk about this this thing of yours that you had and that you ignored this childlike thing that you had ignored for for a long time it it has not been uh sanitized by the sun right because you keep it in the dark and so once once you go through and and it and it's ever it's an it's it's, it's like sisyphus except the other way you're digging because you're oh, digging dang. more, you're taking more stuff out, and you're taking more stuff out, and you're learning more about yourself. You're learning more about what really is the cause of the fear, what really is the cause of the distrust of God, what really is the cause of of the the um uh the uh anyway. So so the ego, start, it's the ego. Yeah, it, it boils down to ego and to the sunlight, and, or, or Satan and God. Hmm. So you and, think. And I, you think the ego is satanic? Yeah, of course. I, I think that's why Adam listened to Eve. And I think that's why Eve <clears throat> listened to the serpent. 
because the ego said, hey, look at me. I'm going to tempt you. I'm going to tempt you mm -hmm. by saying, here's a tree of wisdom, I think it was. And, the tree uh, of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And mm -hmm. so that created, that created fear in Eve. Well, if I don't know what's the difference between good and evil, how can I trust this God thing? And mm -hmm. so let me see what it's all about. And then, and then Adam was like, oh, well, what are you talking about? The God is great or whatever. And then, uh, I think it's a summation, right? And, <laughs> it's an interpretation. Okay. And, okay. Then, uh, and, then, uh, and then his fear came in when he saw that she got something that he didn't have. And okay. so that's how the ego was implanted in, in, in us, I believe. Interesting. It, it, uh, and it, it all starts back with the demon. Satan is a demon. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, I mean, I'm getting all kinds of connections and, and things from what you're saying. And, uh, you know, it's conventionally thought of that the ego is just a part of every person. And it's the right. part of ourselves that we have to help us get through this physical world and not damage or destroy our bodies. Uh, basically it's like the onboard operating system that helps you not like fall off a cliff or it's like an advanced AI that comes standard with the, uh, the bodies the, we're in. Yeah. The frontal lobe. Yeah. And, um, or is it the frontal lobe? Is that where you, the ego is located? You think? Um, I think that's what separates us from the animals. Yeah, I was thinking it's the limbic the system. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, it, I, this is I, the reason I, I stopped there is because that was another, I don't know if I want to call it an insight, but perhaps a, an idea that I had when I was having my panic attacks and this whole thing with the ego is that the, the limbic system, part of your brain uh, is the part that is responsible for fight or flight, I believe. Maybe, okay. I'm, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. But it's basically the part of your brain that keeps you from dying if there's danger you know it kind of like takes over and helps you get away and so what if i mean it's a part of your brain what if there, it has a type of its own consciousness you know and that's your ego uh and then it gets outsized in its influence through these different things we're talking about and that's an egotistical person somebody who's letting his his fight or flight control things run the show and so that's why, you know, the ego is all about acquiring as much goods as possible, because if you're, you know, that's how you keep yourself from dying is having food and water. You want to have as much as possible, you know, and then yeah. it just becomes materialism and wanting to have a big house and, and having this like extreme need to have so much because deep down, you're just scared. Your ego is scared that you're not going to have enough to survive and, and take care of your family. So, you no, that makes to, a lot of sense, you know? Yeah, so, because but that doesn't mean it isn't demonic. Perhaps it is. Perhaps uh, this world is so fallen and, and the human race is so fallen that our very flesh is given over to the dark side. You know, well, the, <laughs> the very, the very bodies we, we ride around in. Satan appeared as as an animal. Well, that's one. Yeah, yeah. I, conventionally speaking, yeah. Okay. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I've I heard different. Yeah, I think maybe that's the actual church teaching as well. I'm not positive, but 
there is uh there's a guy named michael heiser this is the person i heard him say he's a hebrew scholar and he's he's a christian and he's not catholic but he does some interesting work on the original texts and the word is i think nahash or nakash which basically it could you could translate it to serpent but it could also mean shining one so basically uh, a being that is shiny <laughs> a shining being and uh you know lose for being the morning star and all that um but there, there's an idea that they were having a conversation with a spiritual being basically all right well i thought it was a snake like a serpent i mean that's the more traditional conventional view of it and i mean i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just i've okay. heard well yeah. let's let's talk about instincts i mean our 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 instincts our instincts when you say instincts i can i can relate that to the ego for sure uh, because, because our instincts protect us, our instincts protect us. And if it's, if our ego is not demonic, it is definitely, it definitely has been poisoned mm-hmm. by, by, by Satan. Yes. Poisoned for sure. We can say that. I, I'll 100% agree with that at the least, at the least, but I, I'm not opposed to your idea. I think it's interesting. Um, however, I'm also, I think Christianity, you know, mainstream Christianity and Catholicism also teaches that uh, we'll be resurrected. And our human beings are, I think the word is hylomorphic, which comes from St. Thomas Aquinas. So it's intrinsic to our nature that we are both body and soul. We have a body and a soul. A human without a body is is not fully human. Uh, a human without a soul is not fully human, basically, which gives deeper thought and meaning to that whole NPC meme. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But we won't go there right now. (laughs) Um, So uh, what that means is uh, our body comes standard with an ego under this idea of it being a part of our physical brain. And so we are going to have an ego, but it will be fully redeemed and sanitized in Christ's glory at the end of things in the summation when you're resurrected. Um, so, but you if know. you look at how, how Christ lived, he, he almost, it, it almost seems like he, he went against all instinct. I mean, you got the most powerful man that has ever walked on, on the face of the planet mm-hmm. and he decided not to have any offspring. I mean, uh, what was that Mongolian guy? Uh, Genghis Khan. Yeah. There are still you can still find genetics that, that trace back to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, like in an instinctive way, the strongest male will breed and breed and breed and breed. Look at the lion, uh, look at the gorilla, look at the, the bull elephant. They will breed as much as they can. The strongest will always breed more and more and more. The guy fasted. I mean, he fasted for, for many days, uh, it seems like he went against the ego or, or instincts or animalistic instinct. He went against all of that. And then when he was tempted by, by the devil or maybe the ego, you know, if you want to go psychoanalytical, um, mm-hmm. he refused, he refused him. He refused to cave into the animalistic instinct of power of, of, of owning, of owning massive amounts of land and ruling over people of, of having women of having food. Uh, I mean, what, what kind of alpha male animal, what kind of animal that runs on instinct would ever do that? 
would yeah. ever, ever do that. No, I mean, they wouldn't. Christ was definitely not driven by ego in any way. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, he's so that, he was totally given over to his spiritual side and trust in God. Exactly. He was still spiritual. He still had a soul. Right. And so I believe that for humans, because we are fallen, um, I think what makes us fallen is the ego. Because the human ego, we can be very good. We can do a lot of good things. And, and, and there, are, there are no animals that can do the good that a human can do. Yeah, but we are good. Same, God made us good, right? Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. But at the same time, there are no animals that can that can do the amount of evil that a human can do. Right. And so, and they're all run on on instinct. So does ego is ego the same as instinct? As far as because now you got me thinking of that. Is ego the same as instinct? I think it might be. Um, and it would make sense that while we do have a body and we are animals in a certain sense that we're advanced, uh, very complex animals. And so our instinct is going to be advanced and more complex. And perhaps we call that the ego. Whereas in just an animal, you know, they're much more simple, you know, just drink the water, eat the food, make the babies don't get eaten. That's just, <laughs> that's all their lives, right? They're poop over there or whatever. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I think they might be the same instinct and ego. I think it's closer to, I think it's, I think it's a bastardized, um, like it's, it's taken away because we are human. It's taken away from the animal part and, and we've, and, and Satan has used it as a home for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you. You know, if you say that human beings are fallen and if they're not in Christ's glory and grace, then they're given over to the dark side, the evil one. I mean, it would make sense. <sighs> yeah. Are you, uh, you feeling, you feeling the conversation? <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. That's good. That's a good one. You know, at, at work, it's hard to have, like, there are very few and far between that I, I have real conversations at work mm -hmm. um uh, these uh, the 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 vast majority of people are just they just seem so lost man they just seem so wander wandering to nowhere you know they come in they work they go home they do whatever debauchery that they, 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 they do that they do mm -hmm. and they kind they just repeat yeah they just repeat and, and it's so mainstream now and 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 I talked to the uh, Catholics at work, and and you know I they're like I I say the I say the normal way of mass, right? Because what they know as normal is a novus ordo, which is not normal at all. It's, yeah, it's like uh, which 40, for listeners, who, which for listeners who may not know, the novus ordo is a, a kind of the new form of mass in the vernacular meaning in like the common language of whatever country you're in and it's kind of much more watered down and wishy-washy and more they're trying to have a more mass appeal to like a dumbed down modern society and it's not in latin and it doesn't have all the incense and anyway sorry and it right. some people might not know what that is no yeah we get it and and 
And for those that do go to the Novus Ordo, the what the regular mass is nowadays, it's not regular. Mm-hmm. Um, it's common now, but it's not the regular. Anyway, so like I was telling, I was telling this one guy. So in in the parish that I attend, the traditional way is that the priest faces east, which is that way towards towards where the book says Christ will will come to us. Mm-hmm. He will come from the east. With his and back he, to the people. Right. And the, that's the point. His back is not towards the people. He is facing in the same direction as the rest of the right. parishioners. He's exactly as he's leading. He's the captain of a ship. Yeah. Right. And he's exactly. leading them toward Christ. That's the whole sim- symbolism of the thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the mass is not for us. Those right. that are sitting at the pews, it is not for us. We're not, we're not there because the, the priest is doing something for us. The priest is there because he is celebrating the death and rise of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So the mass would continue just as is whether we were there or not. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. The priest's job is to celebrate Jesus Christ. We are there to help the priest. We are there for him, if anything else. We are there for him. He is not there for us. So you're saying the guys you work with, they don't know anything about this. They are blown away at this concept. (laughs) They're blown away. They've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. They haven't thought about it that deeply, probably. (laughs) (laughs) And and I had this one guy who goes, wow, you guys talked about that? I said, yeah, well, what else is there to talk about? He goes, oh, well, I thought it was all about uh good feeling stuff and 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 hippy dippy stuff i was like no no, no. that's <laughs> very little of that in the bible actually there's zero hippy dippy <laughs> stuff in the bible None of the clo- <laughs> no hippy dippy stuff is like some fat like suburbanite son of a, a naval admiral wearing a raccoon cap being funded by the cia to sing crappy folk songs there's none of that in the bible <laughs> Same. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Oh boy. So yeah, I know. Real conversations. That's where it's at for sure. Are you? Uh, I don't want to keep you too long. It's been about ninety minutes, and I'm fine to keep talking, but I don't want to keep you up if you you know you need to go or whatever. Yeah, I don't mind wrapping up soon. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um. So yeah, do you know about the Laurel Canyon stuff? The Scenes no. inside the canyon, Dave McGowan. No, oh man, you should definitely check it out. I don't know if you're in- interested in those types of things. I mean, it's not. Uh, well, what different. is it? I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's a fair <laughs> point. Um, <laughs> so Dave McGowan, he's since passed on, but he was a researcher. He wrote a book called "Strange Scenes from Inside the Canyon," and it has to do with Laurel Canyon in California, where okay. in the 1960s there was kind of a ranch there. And um, it's still there, but oh, you got really southern with that one right there. Uh, my voice, <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I've been living in Tennessee for ten years now, so you know I can't help it at this point. But um, <clears throat> so basically, uh, there were uh, all a lot of the big acts that came out of California uh, during that time, like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and um, uh, I can't think of any other ones. 
<laughs> but that's that was one of the big ones. There's a lot of big folk rock acts that came out of that area at that time. Okay. And, and they all coalesced on this ranch and it became like a hub and they all kind of knew each other, ran in the same circles. And the books about how they had these, all these musicians had these connections to the uh, American military and intelligence sector. And uh, especially Jim Morrison was a big one, man. That guy's dad was a high, high ranking Naval commander, Jim, Jim Morrison from the doors, which I'm sure I know, you know, but, um, and he was responsible for the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which was the inciting incident for the American involvement in the Vietnam War. And a lot of people, a lot of researchers say that that Gulf of Tonkin thing was a false flag and they just wanted to go attack yeah. Vietnam. So anyway, he, his dad was the guy who was in charge of the Navy in that area when that went down. So he was high level naval guy. And then Jim Morrison was just sort of the argument is that he was propped up and made to be this popular counterculture guy because they were trying to lead the countercultural movement of that time down a certain path that they wanted to channel its energies in a direction that would not be damaging to the military and to the state. Uh, they wouldn't become too revolutionary in a meaningful way. And also to use that hippie movement to shape culture and do social engineering to spark the sexual revolution, to get just get Americans to go down a different path spiritually. Because before the 1960s, we were a very Christian country, not very Catholic. A lot of some areas of America were, but very Christian. People regarded Christ well. They wanted to follow the Bible. They went to church on Sunday, morals and things are generally more Christian and better, some would say. So they wanted to change that for whatever reason. And this whole project and the hippie movement and the music that uh, it produced and that shaped it was uh, uh, an intelligence project. Well, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So that's cool. Uh do you, and one thing, this is this is a fact. My dad grew up out there, and uh, he didn't live far from Laurel Canyon, and he was a musician in in that time as well as a hippie musician, born in 1950. You know, and so his uh, brother would play with this boy whose mom was Carol Kay, and she was just a housewife to him. But he found out later that she was the bass player for the Wrecking Crew. Uh, and now, who's the Wrecking Crew? There were a, a band of studio musicians that played the music, everything but the vocals, probably some of the vocals too, on like all the big records from the 1960s that came out of LA. We're talking Beach yeah. Boys, The Doors, uh, all these big, huge songs. It's the Wrecking Crew playing. It's Car Little Housewife, Carol Kay slapping the bass on all those tracks. And then the bands, the acts or whatever, they would go out and play the concerts and stuff. But the recording was done by studio musicians specifically okay. one band so i don't know that that you could a lot of the claim to support that these were intelligence uh, operatives is that a lot of them could not play their instruments very well and they <laughs> seemed to show up with songs pre-written for them when they they came to you know do their thing and then as time went on they got better at their instruments so they could play concerts but anyway well it worked i mean it, it obviously worked i mean we are in what I think it's interesting is, is that I think uh, I think God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for for much less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you might you might say that. Uh, I know. I I keep waiting for the hammer to drop too. It seems like you know 40, 50 million aborted babies would be enough for uh, what we think of as like the Old Testament version of God to you know just smite everybody. But hasn't happened yet. He's act, turns out to be a lot more loving and gracious than we expect him to be. Which amen for that. Yeah, <clears throat> because I think I think the rapture is going to be pretty terrifying. But I'm like looking the, forward like to the it. end times. Yeah. You don't believe in the rapture, right? I don't know. Well, like the, the evangelical version of it, you know, like left behind series kind of rapture. Well, I don't know. I haven't read that part of the book yet. Okay. Uh, but from what I understand is that, is that we're going to be fighting demons. <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, like physic, like arm and arms against, <laughs> against demons. I, I don't know. I, That'd be really cool. Look, Here's the thing about the end times and all that. I, I, I grew up in a home that was very into that. And okay. my dad, my dad was always talking about the antichrist and the rapture and the end of the world. And Jesus is coming back soon. And he was hyped like every day. He's like, Jesus is coming back, brother. We're going to be doing this thing. Like that was how my dad was. And, um, you know, that's how I grew up. And <laughs> what I came to understand and realize was that there's a, a thousand different takes on how the end times is going to go down okay people who read the bible and just come up with their own version of things and frankly as far as interpreting the end times prophecy the church is kind of ambiguous on facts about like who the antichrist is and when it's all going to happen they don't have a specific teaching about that they teach more like the spiritual side like we know for sure that at the end of your life there's going to be the four last things death judgment heaven and hell that's okay. everybody that's coming for everybody, you know, heaven or hell, but they <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not both. That'd be strange. <laughs> so um, those are called the four last things. And that used to be taught routinely in Catholic churches before modernism took over. And now it's hardly mentioned. So after becoming Catholic, I kind of just take a very uh, like I'll listen to different end times takes. I don't find it that interesting anymore, but you know, who knows? Could be right. Could be uh, fighting demons arm in arm. And I've heard people say that. Like, what if we get uh, Jesus comes back and at the exact same time we get raptured? That's uh, a, a version of the rapture. And okay. then we come back in our resurrected spiritual uh, human 2.0 form to fight the demons in the final <laughs> war on planet Earth. And and we're we're human 2.0, like Jesus in the gospels when he's resurrected. He's got like fancy superpowers, he's walking through walls, he seems to be teleporting, he ascends into heaven, so some sort of flight. I mean, these are superpowers. And that was supposed to be a for uh, a little foretaste, a sneak peek of what the resurrected life is like. So we come back in our resurrected bodies with these superpowers, and it looks like the end of uh, Avengers Endgame. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's for that. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I mean, that might sound absurd to some nihilistic losers out there who just <laughs> fap on Pornhub all day, whatever. There's a lot of those guys. I think they're so smart. They love science so much. They love Dawkins. You know, that might sound absurd to someone like that. But to me, it sounds pretty cool. It does sound amazing. That's the most successful movie of all time. I, I want I want to be in that. That's yeah. what I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to be in that. And, you know, I like to have a lot of fun kind of speculating about what heaven is going to be like, you know, because I don't think anybody really knows this, I don't side, think of, this knows. side of heaven. 
So it could be amazing. It, I mean, it will be amazing, but it could be anything. I don't know. That's not, uh, you know, unholy, of course. But we could. But what if we get to have amazing superpowers? Wouldn't that I don't, be incredible? Yeah. I don't think just about for, heaven and just for very fun. Much. Just for fun. I don't think about heaven very much. No, because it's just so unattainable right now. As I as yeah. I walk on this planet, and and like I was talking about earlier, it what what I do think about is peace. And if yeah. heaven, if all heaven is, is peace, that's all I need. <laughs> that's all I hey, need. Well, yeah, that's. I guess that's true. Um, if it is superpowers, but you know, that would be amazing. Superpowers and and you know, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, but then, but some like my father, my father would say, oh, "Heaven must be boring because all you are is happy all the time." Sit on a cloud and play a harp all day. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I, I find that so strange. Like you are, aren't? Doesn't the church something? teach something like you become imbued with Christ or something or God or something like you are part of the father now once, once yeah you, there is uh I think there is a teaching that is along those lines something like that right yeah I mean it's not it's not it's different from the like Buddha or Hindu idea of you become like subsumed and lose all unique identity into the Godhead I don't think it's exact I don't think it's to that extent but yeah, I mean, you definitely become imbued or connected to God in a much greater way. You know, imagine being that close to the most powerful to to power. Really, imagine being close to to that power, to the yeah. power. Like, okay, how unimaginable that cosmic power. <laughs> to quote Robin Williams. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, it would be odds. It's called. It's called the beatific vision. Yes, yes, yes. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Which, which I think is here. Okay, I know you wanted to wrap up, but I had a very interesting thought not long ago about the beatific vision. So, and this is pure. Okay, so I'm I'm sort of a comparative religions student. I have been for a while, so I make connections between different systems of belief i'm not saying this is a teaching of the church but there's this idea in like in hinduism basically that um think imagine okay now i'm not i don't hope people don't think i'm a blasphemer or a heretic i'm certainly not attempting to be but imagine you are god the godhead the supreme being i know that's impossible but try uh the idea then is that eventually you would get tired of being alone if you were the only being around, but you were the supreme being. And so you uh, start to sort of dream and play games with yourself to entertain yourself. And you start to uh, create these scenarios in which you are the other characters, uh, you're having adventures and dreams and things like this to entertain yourself. But it's all the characters are you, you're God, you're creating these situations. But you know, at the end of the day that you're God. And then it progresses further just because it get that that'll get boring eventually to where you're creating these scenarios and these dreams and you're causing yourself to forget that you are in fact the godhead and that you really just to make the dreams more entertaining really to more intriguing you are uh, making yourself forget that you're god and you are making yourself believe that you're one of these dream characters just so that the stakes seem higher in the dream cuz i mean you know who doesn't love a good dramatic situation and um but really 
really you're God, you're the Godhead. And when the dream's over, you go back to being the Supreme being. So um, they believe that about the world we live in, the reality we live in, that we are all the Godhead. Every person you come across is also the Godhead. And we're just all playing this game of forgetfulness with each other. And then when we die, we go back and we get subsumed. <clears throat> so all that to say, relating it to the beatific vision. Okay. So you, when you're in heaven and you're staring into the face of God and you're, um, the idea is that you never get bored because God is so complex and deep and amazing that there's always new things to learn as you stare into God's face and the beatific vision, there's always new things to know about God. You get to know God deeper and deeper for all of eternity. And it's never boring because God is so amazing. Um, so um, you would think that that experience of staring into the face of God is more than staring into the face of you or me. It has to be a much more intense, awe-inspiring experience. What if staring into the face of God is uh, creating these like, three-dimensional scenarios even it's so intense that you're living it's almost like you're living out different situations as you're in the beatific vision and that learning things about god and who god is that process involves uh long extended uh life experiences <laughs> does this sound insane what i'm saying yes absolutely <laughs> i try to connect these huge <laughs> ideas and it's really hard, but I'm almost done. And uh, so <laughs> what if these lives that we lead, comparing it to Hinduism, what if these lives that we lead are, are in fact the experience of the beatific vision? And our lives are about learning more and more about the Godhead and the holiness of God and what that is. Now, I know a lot of that is heretical according to Catholic teaching. <laughs> it's just speculation. It's just comparative religious speculation. But what if it's an interesting idea? What if right now the lives we are leading, we are actually in the, we are actually staring into the face of God and we are involved in the beatific vision right now. And uh, <laughs> if you think, if you want to be a saint, a Catholic saint or any kind of saint, I guess, a saint, a holy person in heaven, then you start living as if you are heading in that direction, as if you are whole, a holy being in heaven, you start living that way. And uh, if you start living that way, then in a sense, right now, you can start and get a little taste of the beatific vision, because that's what heaven is, the church teaches. So you start living as if you're in heaven, you're a citizen of heaven, even before you get there. That's the path of sainthood. And, uh, you know, maybe that's just, maybe, maybe you're not pretending. Maybe that truly is what's happening. Anyway, I guess that's done. I'm done. <laughs> Now, what do you think about that? <laughs> um, I don't think much about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I started this podcast to say insane things like that. So good. You know, I'm glad you said else, it. Where else am I going to say it? To my wife? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I did say it to her. She thought it was pretty cool. Well, I mean. That is essentially what I've been trying to do. Yeah. Um, that is what I've been trying to do is, is, is to walk ever closer to heaven, to help 
to help the entire planet get closer to heaven. That, that's a John a Jordan Peterson thing. What if we can just move the planet closer to heaven? <clears throat> and you know how how that looks like for me and 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 today, for me today. Now that I am so involved with with loving Christ, it is trying to talk about God as much as I can, yes, and Jesus Christ as much as I can, the Holy Ghost as much as I can. Um, to people, I, I try to offend people. I try to offend people as much as I can with the truth of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I successfully did that uh, Sunday. <laughs> um, yesterday, um, I did that as well. Mm-hmm. But but Sunday, for sure, for sure, there were a couple. One one a Catholic that fell away from the church, and another a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't seek to offend them. Somebody asked me how was how was Holy Mass, and so I told them. And boy, oh boy, they didn't they didn't like what I was saying. The the people oh. over overhearing, yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, and it's funny because I had just made I had just made this uh, this meme um, of of Saint Michael defeating defeating uh, the devil, uh-huh. and and I posted it on Gab. And I said, uh, be more like St. Michael, uh, defeat demons and, and, and offend the godless or something like that. And, and, and all of a sudden the, the opportunity came, I I took the opportunity. It was uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable being Christian. Mm -hmm. It is uncomfortable being a Christian because everybody seems like they're against me. I feel so isolated at work. So when I get to speak with, with you, when I get to speak with the other parishioners outside of the parish, because because once you're in church, you don't I don't I don't talk to anybody. I'm not there to talk to these people. Yeah. Jesus Christ is here. <laughs> Jesus Christ is right here. Yeah, mass and, and is I'm, not I'm a very social to, event. Right. And, and I'm about to receive Christ. You know, I I don't I don't care who's sitting next to me. Um I I I I try to if if I don't have to go to work, I try to have I try to be prepared. If someone wants to come in and do harm, um, mm-hmm. because because we are we are under attack and and we are as, as we are the silent majority, <clears throat> and I think within our silent majority there's there's a muted uh, a, a muted minority the the thirty percent if you will that still believe or that do believe that Christ is the Eucharist mm-hmm. uh, the same the same Christ that that will judge us the same Christ that will will greet us. You know, it, it, that's him. He's there. And sometimes, and sometimes I think about that. It's like, man, I got to wake up early. I got to drive 40 minutes to, to church. Um, and then I remember why I'm doing it. I remember why I'm doing it because waking up early, driving 40 minutes. Uh, <laughs> imagine if that's all Christ had to do. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, I, I, this is nothing. This is nothing and and the rewards of it and it you know the rewards of it, it so again spirituality is so oxymoronic because it's selfish because i want to go to heaven right mm-hmm. but but by by being by wanting to do that i have to sacrifice uh my sleep um my time with with my wife um and i have to sacrifice food because i don't eat 
I try not to eat 12 hours, at least 12 hours before I go to mass. I try to make it 24. I try to, I try to fast all day Saturday into Sunday, you know, so it, it is, it is a lot of, of work to worship. And, and that by just doing that, that automatically separates me from a whole bunch of people, man. And, I, and I'm at work here just, just feeling so alone sometimes. And it's like, man, I want to talk to somebody. I want to be friends, but these people are all evil. I don't know. Yeah. Evil. Uh, you know, sinful at, at the very best. Sinful. You know. And and yeah, I'm sinful too, but but at least I I I actively try to submit to the kingdom of Christ. I actually I actively try to subjugate myself to the rule of God, you know, and I actively try to to bring in. Well, the Holy Ghost is already in me, but I actually try to tap into that so that I know which direction I'm going to walk towards, mm-hmm. what decision I need to make, you know, and then it's, it can feel isolating and, and there's nothing easy about being Christian. It, it is the most difficult thing I think a man, a human can do is to follow Christ. To be Christian and actually like do it and stick to it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, not yeah, just that's like what culturally, I mean. like ah, I'm Christian, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, Merry yeah. Christmas, uh, or I mean, <clears throat> Happy Holidays. Give me a break. <laughs> happy Holidays. Pass the beer. Not that yeah, kind put of the football game on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's just you know the pagan life, or at least the godless life, was a lot of fun, and then it, and it, it 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 did have a lot of. Uh, excitement mm-hmm. but but that was all that was all a uh a mirror it was all smokescreen rather and and that was all it was it was torturous it was hell yeah so in it my is, closing it words i would like to say that i'm i'm extremely grateful to be speaking with you i'm extremely grateful to to have you as a friend for over 20 years and um and thank you for inviting me onto your show and i wanted to say um Deus Volt. <laughs> Deus Volt, brother. That's good. I appreciate it too. Um, appreciate you come, coming on my show. And it's been great being your friend also. And uh, I don't know, Latin phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hope this show this show explodes. And, and I think if you start pushing the, uh, the gab thing, mm-hmm. I think your audience is there. Okay. I think, yeah, because because that's 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 gonna that's the future. That's good. That's that's the safe haven for us. That is where we're going to go, and that's that's our new home. That's our new internet home. Okay. Well, I mean, I have a gab over there, uh, or I have a page over there on Gab, so I'm, I'm definitely Plug gonna it. post my stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm the Sam Bolton show on Gab. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, go go gab me over there on i don't know what's the term for it go <laughs> yeah go, something like that go give me a ribbit over there on gab <laughs> go give me a ribbit. <laughs> it's a frog right yeah yeah they have a frog a little pepe uh i'm on uh you can find me at at e c o l one one yeah e coli that's what i like to say uh, yeah name yourself after a poisonous bacteria <laughs> that's cool <laughs> I think it's cool. Hey, uh, if you like what Raphael's saying, go give him a, a, a ribbit over there on Gab. You know. Thank you, Sam. And uh, 
like and subscribe the show uh, to the show wherever it is, whatever you're listening to it on. Send it to your friends. Send it to your grandma. Let her know what's up. Let her know that the Sam Bolton show is the place to come for enlightening, intriguing conversations on topics you might be very interested in or perhaps on topics you've never listened to or even thought about before. But you're going to be entertained. You're going to be interested because we here at the Sam Bolton show, me and my guests, people we have on, we have a way with words. We know how to talk about things in ways that are not going to put you to sleep. In fact, it will do the opposite. So it will wake you up. It'll it'll be like a cup of coffee and a hit of meth. Boom. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be, it's going to light you up, but we're not going to have the adverse health effects because it's not, you're not actually putting anything in your body. It's just, you're just listening to me talk. So it's different. Yeah, Metaphorical. It's a metaphor. Yeah. You got it. You got it, brother. Uh, so anyway, with that, any, any, anything else? Raphael? No, that's all brother. I appreciate right. it. All right, y'all, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Have a wonderful uh, week, and uh, hopefully we'll have a new episode up soon. Adios. Okay, I think now.